You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Does it really matter what day it is anymore? I don't care. We are going quarantine crazy here, but going to try and provide a little infotainment this morning. Dwayne Long is here. Dwayne, how are you coping with the year 2020? Um, I'm. It's just kind of bizarre to watch what's going on. That that the world is pretty much shut down for the next month. Uh, you know, forget about sports. They're shutting down major parts of the country. So this is just this is just strange to watch happen. And uh, uh, hopefully we're through this by the end of the month. We have been very fortunate, though, that the Ohio State Buckeyes have continued to recruit at an epic level. The latest name on the docket, courtesy of Brian Doan, 24-7 Sports East Coast Recruiting Operative, with information on Taiwan Malone, six foot three, 305-pound defensive tackle from Bergen Catholic in Oradell, New Jersey, a northern Jersey football factory, excellent quality of play. What makes Malone a little bit interesting, and by a little bit, I mean a lot, at 305 pounds, he is going to play two sports in college, football and baseball. Uh, If he's crowding the plate, let him have it. That has caused an interesting final four for him, or at least a four that we have as warm. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, baseball schools, Rutgers, hometown school, or home state school, as it were, and Ohio State. There's a great belief it's going to come down to Ohio State and Rutgers, especially with the fact that Malone will not be able to go out and visit Ole Miss and Texas A&M. He is the number seven rated defensive tackle in the country. Your thoughts on Taiwan Malone, if you start to put him in the mix with other defensive linemen they've offered, it would be an epic haul. We already know they have Jack Sawyer. They already have Mike Hall. They lead the crystal ball for the best defensive lineman in the country in JT Tuomolau. They're in the mix for Tunmisi Adelaide. And now Taiwan Malone bubbles to the top. Your thoughts on the Jersey native? Uh, you, you have to uh, look at his film to see just what kind of specimen this kid. I, I, I remember reading, you know, he's 300 pounds. And when I started to film, I said, to, whoa, who? that kid's 300 pounds? No, he's not. Kid, I mean, if this kid had a six-pack, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I bet his waist is more than 32 inches, and he's 300 pounds. He's an absolute monster in the middle of the line. He's got quickness. His short-range quickness from tackle to tackle, you're just not going to find any better. He's long. He's got, you know, I don't have 6'3 or 6'4. Uh, he's definitely got uh, a better reach than a kid that long. A kid that tall, just what a great get he would be. He and Mike Hall would just be. Uh, it would leave nothing but a smile on my face uh, if you can add Tuamalo. Uh, I mean, that's the best three that I can ever remember uh, signing a letter of intent with Ohio State. That's just wow. But it, and it looks like it could happen. 
but what you want, you don't even think about uh, saying no to Malone to wait on to Amalo. It No, as good as he is, you don't you don't turn away Malone. So, uh, you know, just just we would take all three. I absolutely believe we would take all three. Elite defensive tackles, nobody says no to. If if there's a roster crunch, someone on the roster is going to get crunched. Two things I would say about Malone that jump out to me. One, at 303 pounds, you know, baseball players come in all shapes and sizes. The one thing they all have in common is tremendous hand-eye coordination. So the idea of a guy at, at 305 pounds or whatever he is being that, you know, just sharp, Larry Johnson could do with him from a hand-fighting aspect would be incredible. And then he's obviously given a lot of time to baseball that if he had a chance to give it all to football, you know, you just how much more impressive he could be. So Taiwan Malone definitely on our big-time list. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about what has become the Internet's argument du jour. Why is Michigan so much worse than Ohio State? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are back. Dwayne is here. We're going to chat about the fighting Kathy's here. Dwayne, there's been a lot of chatter recently. Steve Deese does a podcast. I believe it's called the Michigan Podcast, trying to figure out or just talk about the talent gap between Ohio State and Michigan. I got the impression that Deese's podcasts were more about Michigan's current state of affairs and talking to Michigan fans about how they could possibly get back in the mix with Ohio State. Ari Wasserman went on there and argued admirably that recruiting was the key. Why hasn't Michigan been able to hang with Ohio State? Because they, it, it's recruiting. Jim Harbaugh, I never will forget uh, watching his own brother stand up in front of the world and say his brother was a weird dude. It came up yesterday uh, Ari Wasserman brought it up when he was talking to Steve Deese, who's a really good guy. He's just just a, a guy who is objective. Uh, he loves Michigan. He's from Michigan. He went to Michigan. Uh, he just he loves Michigan. He's no fan of Harbaugh. Uh, and you know the the realists are going to come to that opinion. Jim Harbaugh is not going to take Michigan to the next level. It's just not going to happen. It would have happened by now, but it goes back to the fact that recruiting, he's just not doing well enough. How many kids, every Buckeye fan listen to this, Are you think about how many kids Ohio State and Michigan have gone head-to-head with, head-to-head over since Jim Harbaugh arrived. I, we just don't. We should be recruiting, or Michigan should be recruiting against Ohio State, across Ohio, across the country. They're not. These kids are just not going to Michigan. Uh, there was a guy on the first podcast I watched. Uh, don't know. I think he's an Iowa guy, and he was saying that he didn't think the talent gap was that great, uh, except the quarterback. Are you kidding me? Have you watched Ohio State-Michigan? 
Ohio State's running away from them. Just the speed difference is is just off the charts. KJ Hill is not a speed guy. How many times in the last two years have we watched KJ Hill run away from Michigan defensive backs? Just just go over it in your head. We always got Michigan Ohio State in our head, so just think about it. How many catches where they had to chase him down, and how many times they didn't catch him? That's it's the difference is unbelievable. It's not close. And at quarterback, you know, we you just have to look at that, and it's it's pretty easy to see. Uh, uh, Steve D said uh, Shea Patterson is the highest rated recruit that Michigan's brought in in the Jim Harbaugh era, and he went from here to – he went from that, that lofty status to probably a free agent. He, that's his words. This is a Michigan guy talking about a Michigan quarterback. I agree with him, but it just shows what has happened. The quarterback whisperer, uh, he's in Columbus. He's, he's, he's right now. Well, he's not in the whack right now, but he's, he's here in Columbus. Look at what he's got lined up. Look what Ryan Day's got lined up. He's got Justin Fields coming back, Heisman finalist. If he's not the first quarterback off the board, he's going to be the second quarterback off the board. And look at the recruits coming in. Jim Harbaugh would salivate to take one of these guys. He's just not recruiting well enough. And then uh, Deese tried to make the comparison with Michigan's recruiting classes to Clemson because Clemson has won a national championship and beaten Ohio State. But what that shows is just that I think their classes are overrated based on what I'm seeing on the field. But uh, you also have to say development. Michigan's not developing talent. That once they get them there, that's it. Nothing's coming of it. So, uh, you know, you're not getting the talent in and you're not developing the talent that you have. It, that's why Ohio State's running up basketball points on them. It's just Michigan is not competing in recruiting ranks uh, with Ohio State, and then they're not doing anything with what they got. That was awesome, Dwayne. caught myself nodding my head the whole time. The one thing I do want to touch on, though, is people say, oh, how can Michigan get you know, close to Ohio State? When they hired Jim Harbaugh, everybody thought, and I put myself in this category, that was the coach that was going to get them back to dominance in a way they could trade punches equally with Ohio State. He had had an incredible run, and the reason I was fearful was he was a quarterback whisperer. Now, let's just go over his history. By the way, Jim Harbaugh was born in Toledo, which I always find comical. Jim Harbaugh's first year in coaching was 2002. He was quarterback's coach and an offensive assistant for the Oakland Raiders, and Rich Gannon won the MVP, and they went to the Super Bowl. He then left for the University of San Diego, where he was head coach. Basically, it's a 1AA school. It's basically Division Three. He had a quarterback there named Josh Johnson for two years. Josh Johnson went 22-2 and and is still bouncing around in the NFL. Why don't you go take a look at how many 1AA quarterbacks are bouncing around after 14 years? Very few. Then he goes to Stanford, where he produced a quarterback some of us know as Andrew Luck. He was decent. 
2011, he goes to San Francisco. Alex Smith, a failed number one overall draft pick, get a team to the NFC Championship game, and then replaces him with Colin Kaepernick. Go look at Colin Kaepernick with Harbaugh and without. So at this point, Harbaugh has spent it from 2002 to 2000, 2013, 2014, and basically has not had a season where his quarterback played poorly or he didn't get him to play above his head. 2015, he gets to Michigan. He takes a quarterback transfer from Iowa, Jake Rudock, that he did not develop. Rudock leads the Big Ten in pass completion percentage. First Michigan quarterback to pass for over 3,000 yards since 2003 was John Navarre. From then on, Wilton Spate, 2016, not a good football player. 2017, Wilton Spate, John O'Corn, Brandon Peters, not good at football. 2018-2019, Shea Patterson, not good at football. So the bottom line is he has not developed a quarterback until Jim Harbaugh develops a quarterback. And by the way, look at the horizon. They don't have one. They don't have a quarterback in the mix or in the pipeline except for the one they possibly have coming in the next class that you would say on a talent level can even match anybody in Ohio State system. How can you come up? To, how can you come to any conclusion unless you're a Michigan person and you're thinking with your heart, not your head? There is nothing that has happened that makes you think they've closed the gap. They were supposed to challenge us uh, the last two years, and especially uh, last year. They were. They it was a home game for them. Patterson's a senior. We're coming in with a new quarterback. There's just so many things that said this is the year. If, if they're going to break the string, it's going to be this year. We beat them worse than ever. There is nothing going on at Michigan that is going to change anything. Now he's starting over with a quarterback. At least Shea Patterson had experience. He had SEC experience. He's played in some big games. Well, didn't seem to help him. It's not happening. It's just not. And, you know, our fans go over to their message boards and look at what their fans are saying. And the, the amount of support he still has over there, as long as the fans aren't complaining, uh, you've got to think that that administration is thinking, we gave him all this money. We're going to get everything we can out of it. We're not going to be paying him uh, to sit at home and bring in a new coach. It's not going to happen unless there's a big uproar among, amongst the alumni and, and uh, uh, current students and fans, and that's just not happening. It's not going to get fixed, especially with him winning eight, nine games a year. Look how long we messed around with Earl Bruce when he was, they called him old eight and three Earl, and we kept Earl, Earl, Earl Bruce around for longer than we should have. It looks like Michigan's about to do the same thing. He's going to win eight or nine games. He might squeak in ten, go to a bowl game, and uh, it seems like the fan base is going to be happy. So they're not going to spend the money. No, they're not going to pay two coaches. We'll leave you with this. The only sporting event that's going to be live on television over the next few months is the NFL draft. Basically, every player to impact the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry within reason is a future pro. And the NFL draft is once again going to be an advertisement for the Ohio State program. It's a wonderful thing. Have a good one, Bucknutters. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. 
The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.